the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the Daily Show Prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. Hello, everybody. Dennis Prager here. This is how the New York Times reports the Donald Trump unprecedented Iowa victory. Trump wins Iowa in key first step toward rematch. Caucus voters look past indictments. Setback for DeSantis and Haley. That's the headline and subheadline. Donald J. Trump won the Iowa caucuses on Monday, a crucial first step in his bid to reclaim the Republican nomination for the third consecutive election as voters braved the bitter cold, looked past his mounting jeopardy, and embraced his vision of vengeful disruption. <laughs> That's, that, you understand that that's the news story. That's not an opinion page editorial. Vengeful disruption. Wow. I I have read about it in history books, but I have never encountered it in my lifetime. The stating of one's opponents of exactly what one does. Vengeful disruption? Is that not what the D- Department of Justice has been doing? Uh, the, I'm telling you, it's, uh, one, it's been a source of, of, of my, one of the sources of my ability to handle the the morally corrupt world of the progressive, which has taken over the universities, the elementary schools, high schools, the, the Democratic Party, the labor unions, big business, etc. My, I am helped immensely. I, I might have mentioned this, and it's worth, of course, I'm obviously mentioning it again. My understanding of human nature as being deeply, deeply flawed and in need of constant work. The human being can become a truly beautiful creature, but it takes a great deal of work. Otherwise, what humanity is capable of doing, vengeful disruption is exactly what animates the left. Vengeful destruction is their motto, and they apply it to their opponents. Oh. 
They boast of the number of people they have arrested. Do you know what it is like? I don't. I can, I can imagine early in the morning banging on your door. Agents with, with enormous weapons built, uh, and they, uh, wearing gear that they, they would uh, take if they were fighting Mexican drug cartels. They come into your home and ransack it and, and handcuff its members who, in most cases, all they did was trespass. It should have been a misdemeanor. And they talk about vengeful disruption? Why wasn't the, uh, uh, the first day in office Joe Biden decision to not enter a deal we had made with Canada for the Keystone XL pipeline? Why wasn't that vengeful disruption? Why isn't allowing millions of people to come in illegally vengeful disruption? Why isn't California's announcement that anyone who comes into the United States legally or illegally will get medical uh, aid, Medi-Cal as it is called, that's not vengeful disruption? California passing a law that you don't have to tell parents if your elementary school child says he is a girl and goes by the name of Dawn at school, you don't have to tell a parent? That's not at least disruption? I'll tell you what they hate about him. They hate, they hate his temperament, that's clear. But what they hate is that he has his sights on, yes, disrupting the corrupt, vile, deep state that has taken place, where if you are a whistleblower for the FBI, you are banned the day you you report on what the FBI has done. Whistleblowers are to be protected, but only when the whistleblower is a whistleblower against something conservative, not anything left-wing. Yep. Vivek Ravaswamy has suspended his campaign, and he has endorsed Donald Trump. I think Donald Trump could do a lot worse than... Name him as a vice presidential running mate. I think Rawaswamy understands the need to un, uh, undo the deep state. Why isn't it obvious? Well, it's a stupid question. I'm sorry. I apologize. It is obvious. But I guess not certainly not obvious to all that the more power people have, the more corruption there will be. Power corrupts, absolute power corrupts, absolutely. Lord Acton, 19th century. I think he was the British 
whatever the title was in in Egypt. That people vote for people who ruin their cities. As as I told Newsmack yesterday when I was on, my concern is defeating the left. There is not a day that goes by that I do not realize that there is a war between the left and the United States. The vision of the uh, of the founders of this country which animated much of America, not all, but much of America, for over 200 years, is the antithesis of what the left wants. It's the antithesis. There is no example in history of the left in power and allowing free speech, for example. The greatest freedom of all. It's uh, it's the largest victory, correct, in Iowa caucuses history. Yeah. And he didn't even campaign. You know who campaigned for Donald Trump? The Democratic Party and the left wing that runs the government. There are a handful of liberal professors of law who have utterly denounced. The, the Colorado and Maine attempts to remove Donald Trump from the ballot. And they have the audacity to speak about Donald Trump as a threat to democracy. They have arrested a former president, or they have indicted a former president. They want to arrest and jail him. They do phony impeachment impeachments, and they talk about vengeful disruption. May I ask what the two impeachments were about? One of which took place even after he left office. Vengeful disruption. That that could be the motto. The e pluribus unum of the left. And the New York Times in its first paragraph says that is what Donald Trump aims for. Well, there's some truth to it. The question is, which disruption is more damaging to America and and its vision? The left's disruption or the Trump disruption? That's what you'll have to decide, probably come November. Back in a moment. The Dennis Prager Show. There's something to be said for being at the right place at the right time. Those words couldn't resonate more than when talking about buying gold. This is Dennis Prager for AmFed, Coin, and Bullion. It is my choice for precious metals. When you're buying a house, is your preference to buy when the mortgage rates are low or high? Would you prefer to buy gold when the price is low or high? Curiously, most customers wait to buy gold and then purchase when it's a panic buy with soaring prices. 
Mick Grovich, AmFed's owner, had a client recently tell him, I'd rather buy gold 10 months too early versus 10 months too late. Don't wait and panic. Timing is everything. Call Nick and his team at AmFed Coin and Bullion. Nick's been in the industry over 42 years, and he's proud of providing transparency and fair pricing to build long-term relationships. If you're interested in buying or selling, call AmFed Coin and Bullion for a free coin performance review. 800-221-7694, AmericanFederal.com, AmericanFederal.com. In other news, give you an idea, talk about disruption. United Airlines, I'll tell you, if I had a choice, so this uh, the system that we now have is almost no choice. If you're in Minneapolis and you want to fly anywhere, it's Delta. It's just it's just one one example. And uh, likewise, there are other cities where it's very limited the flights on other airlines. So I fly about fifty times a year and. There are times I have no choice. Denver is uh, dominated uh, by United. I mean, there are other airlines that fly, but I don't know about L.A., Denver. I try not to fly Southwest. It's a not comfortable fl- airline to sit in. And uh, so it, it's it's uh, the airlines are in trouble, but they're making a lot of money because because the system is set up such. But in any event, United Airlines has now announced, I told you this a year ago, doesn't make any impact, people still fly United. And and I understand, so do I. If I could, I would avoid United. If you have a choice, don't fly United. Uh, And you may not want to fly United. Uh, They are now, as I announced a year ago, they are reserving half of uh, there and and the CEO just announced it again. He restated it. You have the audio. You want to play that audio, Sean? I didn't know we could play audio. I thought the uh, computer was broken. Can we play audio, Sean? It's on the sheet. Not uh, not getting a response. Okay, so I don't know what that means. Or can we play the audio? If not, not. Okay, but we can't take the time. All right. Anyway, uh, the I, the CEO of United. How is diversity and diversity targets working this in the Aviate Academy? Asking. We have committed that 50% of the class of, of the classes will be women or people of color. Uh, today, only 19% of our pilots at United Airlines are women or people of color. And by the way, from all the data I've seen, that's the highest of any airline in the country. White males don't just dominate in the cockpits, also in the C-suite at United okay, Airlines. Okay, fine, it's enough. Well, I just okay, wanted you, know. you to know about the pilots. So that's the aim. 50% of the pilots on United will be women and non-white. There is n- they don't even hide the fact that merit will not determine who your pilot is. The, the, when, I, the, when I say the left destroys everything it touches, you could add United Airlines. I, I never meant I never mentioned the airlines because all of us assume that they only pick the best people and they they deny they pick the best. He's just told you 
best or not best. He didn't say, he didn't even say, providing, needless to say, that they are the highest ranking people in class. But if they're the highest ranking people in class, they would be hired now. Nobody has a, no airline says we will not hire terrific men or minorities, or terrific women or minorities. It's very scary what's happening in United Airlines. Uh, I, I don't get worried easily. I don't get worried almost at all. But I, I, will, I will worry about flying United Airlines. I, and if you're rational, you will worry about flying United Airlines. Maybe only progressives should fly United. Just as only progressives should live in downtown San Francisco. People should live with the consequences of their theories. That's a very scary thing. It's amazing how these people rise to the top. This moron who was destroying his airline. Scott Kirby. Scott Kirby? That's unbelievable. We're going to reserve half our places for women and minorities in the cockpit, folks. Oh, excuse me, flight deck. In other words, by the way, aside from the fact that it will make it more dangerous to fly United Airlines, that's a given, beside that fact, uh, it is clearly discriminatory against white males. Correct? You're a white male, there's a, a much reduced chance that you will be a pilot, no matter how good you are. But that's allowed. How's that for vengeful disruption? The New York Times term for the the, uh, the president, uh, well, not the president yet. <laughs> tell you, we're living in a very sick. It's a very sick time. It's the word I keep using because I I can't I can't imagine, you know, a, a better word. For the the thinking that these people engage in, well, will you will you feel uh, secure flying United? No, no, you too. Uh, it, 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 yes, it's it's very bothering. That's correct. Hey, folks, listen to this. According to Climate Change Dispatch the website, are you ready? Arctic sea ice is at its highest level in 21 years for this time of year. So either, uh, I I don't know much about the subject. I mean, I know a great deal about the controversy, but I don't know a great deal about, it's not my field, climatology to say the least. But I do know that we have been told for years now that Arctic and Antarctic ice is is melting. Should be gone by now. Good point. Yep. Highest level in 21 years, Arctic sea ice for this date. We're hitting record lows in the United States. But hey, you got to uh, got to get an electric vehicle. Got to move toward wind and solar power. We shall return. 
Dennis Prager here with a man I have come to admire for his work. So when I asked him, what do you do? This is the title he gave, Wealth Architect. Very simply put, I am a wealth architect that helps my clients accelerate the way they grow your wealth. It's not how much you make, it's how much you keep. The Internal Revenue Code is embedded with a number of things that you can take advantage of. It's what I call playing tax chess. We take the time to play tax chess in your favor. We tend to give our clients unbiased, independent advice across all areas in their financial life because we have no incentive to sell anything. We can't just take your information, say in February or March, prepare the returns and say, oh, these are the things you should have done. It's too late. You need to meet with me now. Because oftentimes, after the close of the calendar year, some of the strategies that we implement in your financial life can't be implemented retroactively. You have, in fact, saved me a serious amount of money. Head to charlesdombeck.com slash Prager to schedule your meeting today. So I have two authors on here. It's, it's actually perfectly timed, as it were. Uh, a, a new book uh, that has uh, come out because it's just and right, the untold backstory of the U.S. recognition of Jerusalem as the capital of Israel and moving the U.S. Embassy to Jerusalem. This was all done, of course, by Donald Trump, who won an unprecedented victory in the sense of the margin of victory, unprecedented in Iowa caucuses history. Leonard Grunstein is the founder and former chairman of the Israel Discount Bank. Farley Weiss is chairman of the Israel Heritage Foundation. The book, Because It's Just and Right. So, gentlemen, welcome to the show, the Dennis Prager Show. And uh, I assume that you feel sort of vindicated with your book coming out at the very time that Donald Trump seems to be the inevitable nominee. Am I reading you correctly? Yes. Yes. Okay. (laughs) I must say, sometimes I get very long-winded answers from guests, (laughs) and sometimes (laughs) they're quite direct. Well, what so give an example what we don't know what does the general public not know that you reveal in your book i just want to make one point to my listeners uh you will know the exact number of presidents gentlemen and i would like to know it uh, but presidents going back decades all promised in their campaign they will move the us embassy to the capital of Israel. It's the only embassy we have that is not in the capital of a country. No one did it except Donald Trump. Do you, do you offhand remember how many presidents made that promise? Yes, I was, uh, I, I was involved with Senator Kyle's office in 1995 with the legislation of like the main Jewish liaison to his office during the whole Jerusalem embassy process. And that was when Bill Clinton was president. It passed 93 to 5, and, over, and he did not sign it into law. He'd let it become law without his signature because, you know, a new veto would be overridden. He had promised in his campaign to do it. He didn't do it. George W. Bush promised to do it in his campaign. He didn't do it. Barack Obama didn't do it. And it was only took President Trump to have the courage to, to make the decision to move the embassy to Jerusalem. When I spoke to—what's uh, uh, Mr. Friedman's first name, the ambassador? 
David. Yeah, when David I spoke Friedman. to David Friedman in, in in the embassy in Israel, and our embassy in Israel, <laughs> he he just recounted the warnings to President Trump how the Middle East would blow up and the world and the UN would blow up if it happened. <laughs> one of you is nodding yeah. correct. By the way, which one of you is which? I'm Len. This is Farland. Okay, great. So why are you nodding about the, the threats if we moved our embassy? It's uncanny how... President Truman's original decision to recognize Israel and Donald Trump's decision to recognize Jerusalem as the capital of Israel played out almost the same way. The State Department establishment and everyone were saying, what are you, crazy? Uh, They said, this is an awful decision. And uh, they said some of the same things. It's pretty amazing when you look at the uh, Clifford version of what happened. Uh, and others who have talked about Truman and all of the different versions as to what happened in Donald Trump's office. And the players may have different names, but they said pretty much the same thing. In fact, Tillerson, uh, besides messing up the date, uh, which caused uh, David Friedman to say, I'm sorry, uh, Rex, you got the date wrong, and he slammed down his briefing book and said, okay, I'm done. Uh, He also got another important fact wrong. Uh, he started to talk about how could we recognize Jerusalem? Isn't it supposed to be an international city? And that idea was uh, discounted even by Truman in his administration. It was gone by the early fifties. Because wait, who who it said no it? Sense. Wait, who said it's an international city? Uh, Tillerson. Rex Tillerson was the secretary of state. The Secretary of State of the United States said this to to the President. Yes. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. All right, hold on, gentlemen. The book, which is so relevant, an, an incredible achievement of Donald Trump as President, it has just, uh, just been published. It is titled, Because It's Just and Right. It is up at DennisPrager.com. We return. on with the two authors of this brand new book, um, Donald Trump's amazing moving of the U.S. Embassy in Israel to its capital. All these presidents had promised to do it, massive congressional support, and then they didn't do it. Folks, this is one of the greatest examples of, of Donald Trump as different from other candidates, as different from other, from certainly every Democrat. He doesn't care what the world thinks. That is what I want in a president. Left it, the further left you go, the more they want to be loved. I don't want my president loved. Uh, the loved. The loved president has seen massive violence on earth called Joe Biden. Not loved by me, but loved by many. Back to my authors. Leonard Grunstein is the founder and former chairman of the Israel Discount Bank, Farley Weiss, chairman of the Israel Heritage Foundation. Uh, when I when I said hello to them prior to coming on the air, they were both in such good moods, and I, then I knew why. They live in Florida. <laughs> how long How long did the two of you live in Florida? 
I've been here over 10 years. Right. And, and yeah. I, I, I've been here four years and we met uh, at a prayer service on the block in front of Farley's house around the corner from where I live during COVID. And we got to talking and I learned about uh, a lot of Farley's uh, uh, history, including that he hailed from Arizona and that he worked personally uh, with Senator John Kyle when he was elected to the Senate. And he made designating uh, Israel, recognizing uh, Jerusalem as the capital of Israel and moving the embassy there, his focus. He wanted a law, not a lot of talk and resolutions. And he managed to pass such a law with the help of Dole and a whole bunch of other people uh, with a near unanimous decision uh, in, the, uh, in, in the Senate. And uh, it was a, a major achievement, uh, hardly recognized today because of all that has intervened. It took 22 years for President Trump to come on the scene and recognize Jerusalem and then move the embassy there. And when uh, Farley came by and brought all the papers from those times, faxes, copies of all sorts of things, and I poured through the papers, I saw something very interesting. Uh, Senator Kyle was asked, why is this so important to you? Why is this your priority for the first year in the Senate? And thinking about it, imagine, Senator John Kyle is not Jewish. He's a Presbyterian. Uh, he didn't have a big Jewish constituency in Arizona, but it was that important to him. And his answer to the reporters and in his writings was, because it's just and right, and hence the... Oh, that's book. fascinating. That's right. I believe that. And so I, we talked about it, and we said, you know what? If he said it, we're going to show why. So we went back to the beginning of history to show why it's just and right. And in our research, I mean, we thought we knew a lot, but it didn't compare to what we learned as we researched the topic. Uh, and it was fascinating because we learned, for example, about how after World War I, all of the winning side met for the first the Paris Peace Conference in 1919 uh, and met with all sorts of representatives to create some of the nations out of the empires that existed before that we casually think of as being there all this time, but they were really created after World War One, like Hungary, uh, like Poland was recreated, Czechoslovakia. And in 1920, they turned to the Middle East in the former Ottoman Empire. And they met uh, then uh, in San Remo, Italy, and they heard from all the parties and in interests as to their claims. And so they met, for example, with a Syrian delegation, uh, with Sheriff Hussein's delegation from Saudi Arabia, what became Saudi Arabia, and with Jewish delegations. And they created uh, what they called Mesopotamia, today Iraq, Syria, and what would be Israel. And they used very important language. They didn't talk about a new thing. They talked about reconstituting the Jewish commonwealth 
mm. in what was then called Palestine, uh, but Israel, and uh, how, and this is such an important statement that they made, that any Jew from anywhere in the world who came and resided in the land between, by the way, they defined it as the Jordan River and the Mediterranean Sea, would be entitled to nationality and citizenship in Israel, or Palestine, as it was called then. Uh, And the United States was there at the time and was among the victors, of course, Japan, Britain, France, and they decided in favor of the Jewish claim. And so they passed the San Remo Resolution. That was in 1920. In 1922, the League of Nations unanimously reaffirmed it. However, the United States didn't join the League of Nations. And so in 1924, the Anglo-American Treaty was signed that incorporated all the provisions of the original San Remo Resolution that was then adopted uh, unanimously by the League of Nations. And it was approved by the Senate. And so it became the law of the land. So when you think about Jerusalem and the Jerusalem Embassy Law, if you trace it back to 1924, because Jerusalem is clearly within that territory, uh, the answer is it's been American law for a long time. That's a, it's that, a, that's that's that is a really, land. thank you. It's a very important history. Gentlemen, you wrote an important book. I, I uh, hope to see you in Florida. It would be it would be a joy for me. Thank you for writing the book. Thank you. Pleasure. The book is up at DennisPrager.com, folks. Well worth reading John Kyle's words because it's just and right. God, is that fitting for our time and perfect lesson of Donald Trump's strength. As you know, Mike Lindell has a passion to help everyone get the best sleep of their life. So, he didn't stop by simply creating the best pillow. Mike created the Giza Dream Bed Sheets. Mike found the world's best cotton called Giza. It's ultra soft and breathable, but extremely durable. Mike's Giza Sheets come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Giza Dream Sheets come in a variety of sizes and colors. Mike's latest incredible deal is the sale of the year. For a limited time, you'll receive 50% off the Giza Dream Sheets. You will receive a set for as low as $29.98. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the Radio Podcasts Square, use the promo code Prager. There you'll find not only this offer, but also deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the MyPillow 2.0 mattress topper, MyPillow kitchen towel sets, and now even flannel sheets, and so much more. Call 800-761-6302, use the promo code Prager. Go to MyPillow.com, make sure you use the promo code Prager. Hello, everyone. I'm Dennis Prager. An unprecedented victory never apparently has Iowa caucuses come up with such a resounding victory for someone. Donald Trump got over 50% of the vote. It's, it's hard to imagine he will not be the nominee. It is also worth noting that the hatred and the the use of courts to suppress the president, the use of the Department of Justice, uh, has only strengthened his appeal to Republicans, to decent Americans who understand that America is not what it was. 
a few uh, months ago, I wrote an essay. I write a column each week. You should read my... Do you want to check if my column's up today? Because yesterday was Martin Luther King Day. I don't know if creators put it up. You know, I want to tell you about that. A few uh, a few months ago... It's not up. It's not up. Hmm. Oh, interesting. Wonder why. Yeah, I think you said the reason. No, but they did finally contact me. All right, anyway, it's not... Nobody cares I'll, uh, about my my issues with my syndicator. Uh, any, anyway, uh, we're talking about uh, the the enormity of the victory and the, how unprecedented it is and the hatred of and the use of our courts the the weaponization of of the courts and the FBI i mean this is unprecedented so i was telling you a few months ago about it no maybe i don't know half a year ago i i wrote a column about the prayer for the united states that we make in in my my synagogue each saturday and we we've always been doing this and it's always been the same prayer May God bless the United States of America, a beacon of liberty. What is it, a beacon of liberty in the world or something? What is it, a beacon of liberty to the nations? Anyway, a beacon of liberty. And I said that those of us who are in the directorship of the synagogue, I, I, one of them being one of them, we have changed the wording. And the... The wording is founded to be a beacon of light and liberty, light, liberty and justice. of a light of liberty and justice. Founded to be. I can't tell you how painful it was to change the wording from "is a beacon of light, liberty, and justice" to "founded to be a beacon of light, liberty, and justice." So that is how damage, how much damage the left has done to the United States, that it's no longer the beacon that it was. And the, the attempt to uh, jail a former president is, is, a, is a perfect example. Uh, the, uh, the use of, of courts, the, the Washington, D.C. system of courts is so corrupt your chance of being, if you were a January 6th defendant, your chance of being found not guilty, even with video showing you did nothing violent, your chance of being found not guilty was as great as a black in, in the South with a white jury of being found not guilty. That is how corrupt the Washington, D.C. judges and jurors are. These are these are painful things for me to to say. I never I never imagined I would ever say this. But I, I certainly understand judges who who were Stalin's groupies better now. I used to think there was something in the Russian or the German temperament that enabled them to bow down to despicable 
corrupt leadership, and it's not true. It could happen anywhere, and it's happening in the United States under the left. Give you an example of the uh, of the uh, the moral uh, corruption in the mindset of leftists. So the uh, MSNBC refused to air Donald Trump's victory speech, and CNN cut away after showing him briefly. Both networks reportedly televised the entirety of the speeches delivered by. Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley. And here's the beauty. MSNBC's Rachel Maddow admitted that her network refused to transmit Trump's remarks because the MSNBC arbiters of truth, as they put it, this is the Federalist, decided the former president is guilty of wrong think. Here is the statement of Rachel Maddow. Of course, there is a reason that we and other news organizations have generally stopped giving an unfiltered live platform to remarks by former President Trump. There is a cost to us as a news organization of knowingly broadcasting untrue things. That is a fundamental truth of our business and who we are. And so his remarks tonight will not air here live We will monitor them and let you know about any news that he makes. See that? Untrue things. MSNBC is a source of truth. uh, Sean, do we still not have uh, the ability to play uh, past clips like uh, the New Zealand Prime Minister? Is that correct? We do, we don't. This is what they believe. All truth comes from the left. The most lying institution in American history, the left wing. It is a world of lies, most recently, that the uh, Donald Trump, excuse me, that the, uh, well, that Donald Trump colluded with the Russian. Trust us as a source of that information. This is the uh, you Zealand can also Prime trust Minister. the Director General of Health and the Ministry of Health. COVID19.govt.nz. Otherwise, dismiss anything else. Dismiss anything else. We will else. continue That's to be the single source of truth. The we single source of truth. That's it. We are the single source of truth. That's what Rachel Maddow and the New Zealand Prime Minister, who now fittingly is teaching at Harvard, this totalitarian from New Zealand and the totalitarian on MSNBC. Do you understand that? Do you understand that the left has always suppressed rival views? Do you understand? You don't, that most of the, I would say half the country doesn't know that because they don't hear. They have the same view. Why would I listen to uh, Daily Wire, PragerU, talk radio? They lie. So that's it. So there's no ability to confront what we believe. My commitment to truth is 100%. It's one of the reasons, one of the first videos we put out was that slavery caused the Civil War. Why did we put that out? Because there was some doubt in some people's minds. 
and we wanted the truth out there. Slavery is the reason for the Civil War. You're lying to yourself if you deny it. Every southern state said it was slavery. They know, they know better than people who deny that. There is no commitment to truth at Rachel Maddow's show. None. There's a commitment to left-wing power. All the lies told to us about COVID, about lockdowns, about masks, about the vaccine, about, about the injuries to, to children, the lies about, about men can become women, the gigantic lie that is, that it's fair to women if men who say they're women compete in their sports. And Rachel Maddow believes she can't even allow her station to broadcast Donald Trump's speech because we're so committed to truth. Oh, God, it's, it's for, for the handful of us who spent our lives studying the left, this is, this is unbelievable. The replay of Lenin, Vladimir Lenin, that is happening now. Lenin would work at MSNBC. I return. Take some of your calls. Sacramento, California. Dave, hello. Hello, Dennis. Thanks for taking my call. I just wanted to say something real quick. I am a YouTube subscriber, so I pay for the premium level of service, no commercials. Mm-hmm. Uh, I watch YouTube pretty much all the time. Don't watch TV, really. Just watch you, know, you guys and a bunch of others on YouTube. And I'm watching the Fox Business Channel and the live uh, Trump victory speech comes on, and I'm like, hey, cool, this is cool. I click the share button, and I go to drop the share onto a page that I control, and right away it says, your content couldn't be shared because this link goes against our community standards. So then I took that same link and went over to a friend's page who was conversing on this and tried to drop the link into a comment, and I got, your content couldn't be shared because this link goes against our community standards. And who, wait, who, whose community standards? YouTube? Facebook? Facebook. Who? Facebook? Facebook. So I'm trying to put a Fox Business Channel R- right. live. Uh, uh, of, the, uh, of the presumptive Republican candidate for president of the United States. Yep. And it says it's, it goes against the community standards. And, and I want to warn people. If this community standards thing is going to be the way they're gonna they're gonna suppress the, the conservatives. Oh, oh, you don't. It's not a warning. It, it's been happening now for years, and Facebook yeah. is it's, as it's despicable as uh, the as Pravda in the Soviet Union. Uh, thank you for calling and sharing that. Uh, I would love to uh, could, could have somebody that we know try it. I, I don't have a Facebook page that I. I mean, I have a public one, but. I would love to see what happens. One of the qualities of the leftist is there's no shame. The arrogance of their self-righteousness is so great. That is the reason that they shut free speech. Why am I for allowing free speech, even for people I loathe, like Nazis? One of the reasons is because I know that it is inevitably a slippery slope. When you stop truly bad guys today, you will stop truly good guys tomorrow. It's, it is inevitable. It, 
it is like night follows day and summer follows spring. It is inevitable. Like death and taxes. I don't know who came up with that one. Was it Groucho Marx? I don't know who came up with that. You know who came up with that? Death and taxes? Well, it has to be after 1900. There was no income tax before 1900. So, (laughs) I don't know who it was. Yes. Uh, But another one is, I might be wrong. Therefore, I want to hear alternate voices. That's why I read the New York Times. It's painful. It is painful. And and whenever I read these things, I go, well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. There's always a voice in me. Maybe you're wrong, Dennis. Maybe you're wrong. I think I got it from my father. But I don't know where I got it from, but there is that voice in me. There's no such voice on the left. Maybe I'm wrong. Ha! What a riot. Ben Franklin? No, he didn't say death and taxes. Yeah, but what kind of... Th- yeah, well, I get, look, they had... Uh, what was the name of the tax again? When they're taxing uh, incoming goods. Tariffs. Tariffs, right, yeah. <laughs> okay, fine. Uh, Fresno, California, and Devon. Hello, Devon. Hey, Devin. Yeah. Uh, oh, Devin. I am so why, sorry, why you, Devin. Yes. It's okay. Why, why do you, Why do you Why do you always talk about Rachel? Always. I don't think I mentioned Rachel Maddow it, it, twice in the last like, year. I mean, I mean, like. You like, mean I shouldn't mention her at all? Friends watch that stuff. Yeah. You know, none of us watch that. You're, you're right. I think, I think it's an older generation thing. I really do. It doesn't matter. Uh, talk radio is largely an older generation thing, even though you're 30. No, no. The reason I mention it is I want people to understand what the left is doing. It's very yes, important sir. that they know that. They censor. Rachel Maddow defended censorship. That's, a, that's worthy of, of my mentioning. I want people to understand how rotten the left is. These are rotten people. What does it take for liberals to wake up to the threat that the left poses? I am convinced that there is nothing the left can do. Even when they come out for Hamas, people who wish to annihilate Israel and really commit genocide, real genocide, not the lie that South Africa has perpetrated that Israel's committing suicide, uh, uh, genocide, and and likewise uh, the left in the world. The real thing, even that will not stop liberals from supporting left causes. It's astonishing. And leftist politicians. This proved it. There is nothing the left can do to have a liberal vote Republican. Nothing. Brett Stevens wrote the finest piece defending Donald Trump I have probably read, single one piece. Just the last week, January 11th, I read the entire column to you yesterday. And he will not vote for Donald Trump. It is 100% emotional. 100%. And I admire Brett Stevens and I know Brett Stevens. We have appeared on programs together. (sighs) Nothing that they could do. Uh, 
You know that Brett Stephens linked an article. I read it yesterday. It was a, st- a New York Times guest, guest editorial from 2020 on how anyone who talks against lockdowns is engaging in misinformation. New York Times piece 2020 or 2021. I think it was 2020. Yeah. Misinformation. Turns out we were telling the truth. They were lying, and they they, not destroyed, they damaged severely a generation of young people. And they say nothing, because as I wrote 30 years ago, being on the left means never having to say you're sorry. The Dennis Prager Show. I want to I want to read to you. I got to find this because th- this is this is what we call a smoking gun. And uh it, it is linked to Brett Stephens' column in the uh, in the New York Times yesterday. A, a a column from the New York Times from 2020 calling anybody who challenged lockdowns and COVID uh, vaccine and, and anything else, uh, they, were, uh, they were declared to be uh, mis... Uh, what's, what's, what's the word? What is the word again? Um, disinformation. Misinformation, yeah. Misinformation. I'm preoccupied. Because, all right, I have to find it because it's, it's really important that you understand the record of the suppression of speech. By the way, will the United States go along with the WHO? Are you following that story? The World Health Organization wants to control all responses to uh, any pandemic. Yeah. So no, Sweden would not be allowed to do what it did. Sweden would have to obey. We have to get out of the United Nations and we have to disengage from the World Health Organization just as Donald Trump did. Reason number 66 to prefer Donald Trump to any Democrat. Okay. The issue isn't whether you like him. Whether you like somebody is a narcissistic question. Okay, I don't give a damn if you like or dislike. I don't think you should give a damn if I like or dislike any given candidate. If you care about America more than you care about your own feelings, then you will vote for Donald Trump. That is the way it works. By the way, I would say similar things about other Republican candidates. But Donald Trump is almost inevitably going to be the candidate. He disengaged from the World Health Organization. You know why? He doesn't give a damn what the world says about him. And that is the only way to do a good job as a leader. You can't live to be loved. As a parent, as a teacher, as a talk show host, let alone as a political leader. Mount Vernon, Washington. Rob, hello. Thank God for you, Dennis. I just wished I was started listening to you thirty years ago. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, Thank you. When uh, did when did you start? Oh gosh, it's been it's been a few years. Oh, um, good, good. Well, I've thank been, you. Uh, yep. So, um, yeah, Zuckerberg is uh, that guy is Caesaristic. I um, mean, if you just look at him, he even he even resembles Caesar. 
And uh, <laughs> yeah, well, I, I don't look at it much. I must say. Anyway, yeah, tell me, yeah, uh, t- tell me, uh, tell me what you called about. Well, I was kind of surprised. I I listened to a lot of uh, talk shows, conservative based mostly, and one that I was listening to briefly on YouTube. He has had a YouTube channel, been around a long time. His name is John B. Wells. His show is Caravan to Midnight. And he's been a, an advocate for exposing the cabal and the deep state and has very interesting guests from people in politics and the military. Um, but when I happened to tune into him uh, briefly two days ago, I think it was on Sunday or it might have been Monday, I don't remember. I couldn't believe what I was hearing. And I had to, I was almost, am I doing a double here? <laughs> he was saying that. The reason Israel is uh, trying to eliminate the Palestinian state is to be able to take over the minerals and the oil rights um, on the whole Gaza Strait, Gaza Peninsula, and that uh, the Palestinian state was basically there or in existence before the state of Israel. And it's like, I I just honestly couldn't believe what I was hearing this guy spout. I mean, it's just totally contrary. Yeah, I'm going to look into that. that I've ever. Yeah, uh, it's uh, if you if what you're reporting is accurate, it's mind blowing. I I have no I have no answer. Why there are conservatives who hate Israel is it? it, it I have to believe that since it goes against every conservative value that we have. Uh, it, it must be because of some residual hatred of Jews. Because I, I can't think of any other plausible reason. Israel wants the minerals in Gaza? If that's true, again, I have to say if, because I didn't hear it. I always mention this to, to people, but I, it's very rare I've been lied to by a caller. I have, I have a very good track record with callers. A Palestinian state prior to Israel, there was never a Palestinian state. There was never even a notion of a Palestinian nation. There was no such thing. It was created after Israel was created. There were simply Arabs living uh, in Israel or Arabs living in Jordan. That's it. This is a new term. It was a brilliant, brilliant, it was a stroke of genius by Yasser Arafat, basically. Instead, it was always the Israel-Arab conflict. If you look at any books prior to uh, the 60s, it's always the Arab-Israel conflict, never the Palestinian-Israeli conflict. Palestinians were the Jews. The Palestine Symphony Orchestra, or the Palestine Philharmonic, was the Israel Philharmonic. Back in a moment. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. 
Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. The Ultimate Issues Hour, third hour Tuesdays. Hi, everybody. I got a great, great subject for you. And it comes from a study published in PLOS1. PLOS1 is a science database. I do not follow PLOS1 unless there's some link to it. And indeed, the story actually is in the Jerusalem Post, though it has nothing to do with Israel. It's just the Jerusalem Post happens to have reported it. It actually has to do with Australia. So, I wonder how many of you will know what my topic is. I actually covered this in my uh, the the fireside chat for PragerU that is coming out later this week, uh, and uh, it is it has sort of mesmerized me. So let's see here. What uh, what happened? To, I can't believe this. I highlighted stuff, and all the highlighting is gone. How did that happen? Oh, it's back. Very strange things happen on the computer. Okay, ready? So apparently, I, I never knew this. How would I know this? But a lot of rude and disparaging comments are made, apparently, I guess, according to this, in during surgery. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of tension uh, in surgery, as you can well imagine. Opening up a human being, and you make a mistake, and it could paralyze or kill the person. It's it, it. I can't I can't imagine the pressure that the entire surgical staff is under. So. Anyway, there's apparently a lot of a lot of uh, rude talk that goes on about the patient, e- even toward each other. Uh, so listen to this. Australian researchers have conducted a successful experiment to prevent rude comments in operating theaters. Now, are you ready? <laughs> Even, I predict, even my living martyr producer will smile when he, when he hears what I have come up with as a result of this study. Once again, Australian researchers have conducted a successful experiment to prevent rude comments in operating theaters by placing I-E-Y-E signage, or signs, in operating rooms. You know what I'm going to say? I know it'll be something about God looking. All right, the man knows me and the man knows his stuff. The eye images, without any accompanying explanation, that were attached to the walls of an operating room in an orthopedic hospital in Adelaide, Australia, markedly reduced poor behavior among surgical teams. Lead researcher, Professor Cherry 
Ostroff attributed the result to a perception of being watched, even though the eyes were not real. It's a sort of cartoon image. It's an you know, it's just it's a nothing. I see the picture. The three-month experiment was undertaken to address a widespread culture of bullying and poor behavior in the surgical room. So-called incivility, rudeness, derision, insulting remarks, and humiliation is prevalent in many industries, including the healthcare sector, particularly in high-stress, high-pressure environments like operating rooms. Several interventions have been tried around the world, but with limited success, to eliminate poor behavior among surgical teams, including workshops and training sessions. In the Adelaide study, an initial survey was sent out to 74 staffers, including surgeons, trainees, nurses, anesthetists, and technicians at a private hospital. They were asked to report incidents of bad behavior in the operating theater. A month later, the eye signs were placed. Seven weeks later, a follow-up survey was undertaken. The impact was marked. The nurses in particular reported a marked drop in experiencing offensive and rude remarks. (laughs) Dr. Nicholas Wallwork, that's a great name, a surgeon who took part in the study, said the experiment shows that if people perceive they are being watched, they will change their behavior even subconsciously. Well, my friends, what do you think my topic is for the Ultimate Issues Hour? If people perceive they are being watched, they will change their behavior. That's right. So for those of you naive enough to believe that the idea of a God who watches us is insignificant to moral behavior. Uh, This is a challenging study, shall we say. Just an, an illustration, it's a cartoon illustration, really, of an eye was enough to change conduct. You don't change your conduct if there is a highway patrol car or police car next to you on a highway, freeway, turnpike, throughway, whatever term your particular area uses. Come on, folks. You know you're watched, you act better. End of issue. You know you don't, you're not watched. The vast majority of people act worse. Why do you think we have all of these staggering break-ins into stores with billions of dollars, hundreds of billions of dollars robbed now? Because they know nobody's watching them. There's a camera watching them, so they wear a mask. But hey, there are people in our society that think that as you reduce the number of policemen, you reduce crime. Every single person who believes that is a college graduate. I just want to make that aside. When I say the odds are you'll become stupider if you go to college, I would swear on a Bible which I hold to be God's word, that I believe that. That is not hyperbolic. I do believe not all, most people become stupider 
as a result of college. There is a sign in synagogues. There, For those of you who have never been to a synagogue, which is most of you, in the front of the synagogue, there is a, what is called in Hebrew the Holy Ark because it contains the holiest object in Jewish life, a Torah scroll. And it is the one thing that Jews, well, yes, really the one thing Jews kiss because even if they kiss a mezuzah, there's a part of a Torah scroll inside of it. Uh, it, it is it is the the holy of holies, as it were, that we have today without a temple. We being I'm Jewish, so I'm saying we. And the 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 scroll is in the ark, and over the ark, in many 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 synagogues, is a Hebrew inscription. And it is, know before whom you stand. Uh, are you aware of that? That 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 was very common to have over the ark. It's less so today, but when I when I was growing up, that was a very common thing over the holy ark. Yep, know before whom you stand. You are being judged. Remember, I've said often. I think God loves you is a much less effective message to have people act lovingly than God judges you. Well, Adelaide, Australia is one more proof. 1A Prager 776. What sayest thou? 877 243 I've been living a life, so when it me 1A Prager776, an amazing story. Apparently, there's a lot of rude behavior in this in, during surgeries, comments. You know, I guess it's a tension releaser. Sometimes, you know, humiliating or insulting, uh, either amongst the staff or about the patient. And... In Adelaide, Australia, they had an experiment at a hospital, an orthopedic hospital, or at least orthopedic surgery theater, as they say. <laughs> they put up an eye. That's it, just an eye. No, no words. Not even a real eye, just a caricature of an eye. And it reduced the uh, the the bad comments dramatically. Because, as the professor who ran the experiment said, they, the eye said you're being watched. So for the, uh, the truly naive atheists and, and secularists who don't think religion is necessary, and there's a lot of crappy religion out there, I don't mean religions, that too, but I just mean a lot of people who embarrass religion. Uh, there's no question. Religion doesn't guarantee good people, but the death of religion guarantees a lost civilization, which is what we're undergoing right now. The idea that you're being watched by God and judged is awesome. That's why I'm not a big fan of the constant talk about God unconditionally loves us. I've never used the term. It doesn't appear in the Bible. 
and uh, I know people differ with me on that tremendously because and I don't I don't blame you I totally get it you've been raised to believe that no matter how you act God loves you really so if your child were a, uh, a ser- serial abuser of children you would continue to love your child the same I mean it's uh is there nothing people could do to alienate love? I mean, these are all tangential. I want to, I only want to tell you, I'm not going to take calls on unconditional love, so don't call on it. I'll revisit the subject another time. But it's, a, it's not a good thing to say love is impervious to evil, that it doesn't give a damn about evil. We just continue to love you. But all right, let's say you even say that. Let me just ask on pragmatic, because I care about the pragmatic very deeply. Are you more likely to get good behavior if people believe God watches them and judges them or God loves them? Okay. So that's uh, this is a an incredible proof. We'll put the story up. It's from the Jerusalem Post. It's not about Israel, it's, but it was reported in the Jerusalem Post, and they got it from PLOS, a, a science website. All right, everybody, let's see. Let's see what you have to say. (laughs) You got some tangential comments, I will admit. But all right, McKinney, Texas. Mark, hello. Hey, Dennis. Yeah, my question was, are the surgeries themselves now more successful in the operating rooms which have the... uh, eyes on the walls it's a great question i have no idea what do you think (laughs) really what do you think i think you think yes i don't i originally was thinking of the question cynically because but then as i was on hold i was thinking well maybe it does then make them a little bit more um attentive if they just like you point out how in synagogues you know know before whom you stand if someone holding a scalpel is thinking, wow, someone's really watching me, and so perhaps they are, you know, a little bit more successful. I guess we, would, we won't know, but... <laughs> that, no, no, maybe we will. Actually, I, 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 I will try to contact that professor. You asked a great question. I don't know the answer. I do know this, though, that whenever people dress up nicely, they do better work. The current trend, which I believe is completely representative of of a dissolving civilization, of not dressing up for work. When I am in my elevator, in my building here in California, in Southern California, and I come up to my studio broadcast every day or every weekday, the way I see these young people uh, going to work dressed as if they were going uh, I don't anywhere. I mean, uh, going to the supermarket on a day off. Uh, that that I am the only one in the elevator with a tie, uh, the only man is, is a given. It's just a given. So if how people dress affects their work, maybe how people speak does as well. That's the implication of the question that was just posed. Okay, let's see. Costa Mesa, California. John, hello. 
Dennis, thank you so much. I am the John who called you before you left the station and went somewhere else for several years, who said you're one of the few voices on the radio I respect, and I still do. Well, that's very sweet of you. Thank you. No, thank you, Dennis. I, I Believe me, I listen to you almost without exception yeah. every day, Great. and Great. I, love, I love your choices of topics. Uh, at, regarding Adelaide, uh, I would say, because I uh, do legal research, and I've defended a lot of people helping who couldn't afford attorneys, uh, I would say the I is a, is a wonderful way to uh, implement it. Uh, if somebody balks at that, I would say, um, you know, we have a responsibility here financially as well as morally to the life of this per- person. And so from henceforth, we shall always record every operation v- visually and uh, audio, audio, audio. And uh, that would eliminate a lot of the misbehavior. Well, which only for, which further reinforces my point. They know they're watched. That's right. That's right. Exactly. That's why we think alike, Dan. (laughs) (laughs) You're a joy. Thank you. It's an interesting. I I don't have an answer to the question. Would I would would I like every surgery to be recorded? I I want people to have some areas of of privacy left. Back in a moment. Dennis Prager here. Subject is this fascinating experiment where surgeons and their staff had much better behavior when there was just a picture of a cartoon picture, really, of an eyeball, of an eye looking at them. Just being watched, even make-believe, had a big impact. So much for the naivete that we don't need to be hold ourselves accountable to a God who watches our behavior. It's amazing that people believe that that doesn't matter. <laughs> Conrad, Miami Beach, Florida. Hi, Conrad. Hey, Dennis. Hey. I'm working snowbird from Minneapolis. Thank you. So um, wait, 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 wait. Do you uh, alternate uh, Minneapolis in the summer? Basically, eight months of the year. I just come down after Thanksgiving. I go back around Pesach time, Passover time. Oh, fascinating. And then you have the joy of the uh, Minneapolis uh, summer. Is that uh, spring, fall, and then the... No, no, no. I was joking about the summer. I've been to too many (laughs) Minnesota state fairs. State fairs, right. right. Uh, You can't get hotter than that uh, uh, without going to the sun. Okay, go ahead. So anyway, I'm an Uber driver. I wear a yarmulke all the time, and I get a lot of questions about what it means, and I finally had to find out myself. So you probably know this, but the term yarmulke means yare malka, fear of the king. So we wear a yarmulke to remind ourselves every day before whom we stand. Yeah, that's- you know, that's interesting. I have mentioned that on the air. People have asked me what yarmulke is. I have always explained it as yare me'eloka. Because Yare well, Malka is fear of the queen. Okay, right. I may be getting it a little bit wrong. That's possible. Yeah, no, no, no. And I may be getting it wrong, but I'm just letting you know how I've heard it. But I, I, right. that's correct. The, the, you you know the whole theory yeah. is that someone is aware that something is above him. 
So the thing I had a thought while I was waiting to get on, it's sort of like there's two ways you can do something. You can try to catch people and get them in trouble, or you can try to prevent the trouble. So this watching thing kind of prevents you from getting in trouble in the first place. That's a merciful act. Whereas if you have a speed trap where the cop is behind like a sign and you can't see him, and then all of a sudden he jumps out and then they tag you, great. But if they put a sign out that's a, a flashing car with a light on it in the area, you suddenly slow down and you don't speed. So it's what's your intention as the as the authority figure. We like to think of God as merciful, I think, by reminding us he's watching. Hopefully we don't do the bad thing and we don't get into trouble. Have you ever had negative reactions in your Uber? Thank God, no. I've had some very interesting conversations, and uh, even with a couple of Muslim gentlemen over some things. I've given a lot of Torah history. I've given a lot of Jewish history. Uh, it's a very you, you, you have probably done more for Judaism in your Uber than many rabbis have in their career. Well, I, I don't know about that, but I try. I try to do what I can to do my part to be... Yeah, uh, well, if you know what a lot of rabbis are saying to congregations, <laughs> you, wouldn't, uh, you wouldn't say, I don't know. Somebody told me recently that their rabbi, last Rosh Hashanah, with the most important sermons of the year, or Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, spoke about Donald Trump. If I were a member of that congregation, I would... Uh, it, inaugurate proceedings to dismiss the rabbi. But the congregants, uh, according to this person, the congregants applauded. How pathetic. I've conducted for 15, 16 years in a row Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur services. I never didn't speak a word of politics in 16 years. That's not what people go to synagogue or church for. Venice, California, Neil. Hello, Neil. Well, hello, Dennis Prager. It is a pleasure. Um, yes, uh, sir. I heard your comment. I listen regularly. I heard your comment of, uh, that it doesn't say in the Bible that God loves us. And Oh, no, I never uh, said that it doesn't say that. I said unconditional love is not listed. Well, uh, Jeremiah 31, verse 3 says, I have loved you with an everlasting love, and with loving kindness have I drawn you. And John 3, 16 says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Right, but I don't know why either of them implies unconditional. Uh, In fact, in my Bible commentary, I show that God says, uh, or at least Moses does in in Deuteronomy, I believe, that if you don't, uh, if you don't, live properly then you're no longer my special people that sounds conditional to me we'll be back in a moment the dennis prager show dennis prager here thanks for listening to the daily dennis prager podcast to hear the entire three hours of my radio show commercial free every single day become a member of PragerTopia. you'll also get access to 15 years worth of archives as well as the daily show prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.